Welcome to Peaceful Parenting with Pam. I am your host, Pamela Query, and I am here to help you keep your cool while still getting your kids to cooperate so you can parent in a peaceful way and actually enjoy being a parent. That means no more endless negotiating, lecturing, or explaining. No need for threats, bribes, or consequences. No more daily yelling. So if you want to create a peaceful family, I'm here to show you how. Welcome, dear parents. Today, I am talking about why we get angry with our children and what we can do about it in the moment whenever you feel that anger rising in you. Now, this is a re-record of the very first episode of the podcast because the sound quality was really bad in that episode in the original, but it's such a great topic and such great information that I wanted to put it out there in better quality for you. Okay, so let's get stuck in. A common theme that is really coming through in the parents I work with is that so many of you want, and and us, um, so to include me in this as well, so many of us want to be gentle parents. We want to respond to our children with respect and with warmth and with understanding. But in the moment, we get really frustrated, we get angry, and we start to sound like our own parents did. And, you know, we can be, I I know I was completely outraged with myself whenever this started to happen to me. I never planned to lose my temper with my kids. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that person. And I was completely uh, at odds as to how I could deal with this. And it kept happening over and over again, and I didn't know what to do. And that's not the parent I wanted to be at all. So this shows up a little bit differently for everyone, but I think it's a common universal thing that parents get upset and annoyed and triggered by their children. So you might get frustrated and you might get really impatient. uh, You might get grumpy with them or perhaps, you know, you totally lose your cool and you shout at them or you might get quite rough with them. uh, You might really scold them. You might actually physically end up slapping them or spanking them whenever that's not in your value system and you didn't mean to do that at all. And even though we don't want to act in those ways, we don't want to get frustrated and annoyed and shout at our children. But time and time again, we find ourselves going back to that and falling into that pattern and going back to losing our cool with our kids when we really don't want to. So what I'm going to talk about on today's episode, I want to talk about why we get angry. So we have that understanding and also how to help in the moment. Now, there's a lot more to this piece around understanding and dealing with uh, why and why we lose our cool with our children and what we can do about it. And for me, there's really three parts to this. And I'm not going to talk about all those parts today because that's a lot to get through. Um, So but the three parts for me, there's a big piece around resourcing ourselves so that we don't get to the point of losing our temper so frequently. If we are stressed, if we have a lot going on in our lives, if um, we are not well resourced, if we feel like we're just completely burnt out and running on empty, we're going to lose our cool so much more quickly. Whenever we are well resourced, when we don't have too many stressors, when everything's going our way and we're well, well rested and life is good and we've got good supports in place, then we are much more resourced um, to be patient and respectful and kind to our children. Okay. So I think that's really important to say. And I talk about that in some of the other episodes of the podcast. Um, And then the second part is more around the prevention thing as well. It's around getting triggered. And uh, what can we do to work on those triggers so there's not as much explosive charge in them and we don't explode as often? Um, And this is really about getting to the root cause of why we actually lose our cool. So I'm going to touch on that a little bit today. 
Um, but that's not the main, the third aspect and the main thing I'm going to talk about today is, you know, what can we actually do in the moment whenever we are losing our cool? How can we pull ourselves back from the edge and how can we find our calm again so that we don't respond in ways that we don't want to? But these, I just want to say that these other two aspects are really important around taking care of ourselves so we're resourced enough to respond to our kids and then also the um, going to the root cause and dealing with our triggers. Okay. But today is very much about understanding why we lose it and then also what to do in the moment when we're in that emergency, when we're really, really struggling, what can we actually do about it? And yes, this is so relevant to me. I am definitely a recovering yeller. I really struggled with yelling and losing my patience with my own kids, especially with my daughter when my son was born. My daughter was four years old then and, you know, I had her little brother. He was a newborn baby. And, you know, I'd had my parenting struggles up until that point, but somehow you know, once I had two children, it just pushed me over the edge and I started shouting on a daily basis at my daughter. I was totally horrified by this. Uh, I had no patience for her and it was awful just to, I felt like I was watching myself doing this and how I was responding to her. I was not happy about it at all. It's not who I wanted to be. And you know, every day I would wake up and tell myself, that's it. I'm not shouting today. I'm going to be patient. And you know what? I would make it through about two hours, sometimes even less than that. And I would just be at the end of my tether again. And it was such a difficult place to be. But, you know, sometimes when we're in these really painful places, it is the thing that motivates us and pushes us forward to figure these things out. So it was from there that it really sent me on a mission to understand what was going on for me and to find out what I could actually do about it. And that is what really what led me to becoming a parent coach and wanting to, to share this information with other parents. So I'm going to share some of that with you today. So my journey has been that now I'm at a point where I'm, yes, I'm definitely in recovery and I sometimes relapse and that's always part of the recovery process, uh, but it's become a much, much, much less frequent occurrence. Um, and, you know, very occasionally I do still lose my temper. I am human. I am still a parent. And um, but it's certainly not at the level that it was. And usually when I do lose my temper, I'm able to catch it more quickly. I'm able to reflect on it. I'm able to kind of reflect and see you know, what's out of balance in my life. What do I need to do? What do I need to look at? So I see it as information coming in that I need to take better care of myself. I need to work on a particular trigger that is very much alive at whatever stage my children are at. Um, and I can really use that as information to continue learning and growing as a parent. So I'm certainly not in this crisis mode that I was in when my children were a lot younger, where I was bouncing from from crisis to shouting to getting frustrated uh, multiple times per day. And, you know, some of this information that I'm going to share with you is what pulled me out of that. And if you are in that place, I want to send you so much love and compassion and understanding. It's a really hard place to be. I've been there myself. Um, and I really hope that some of what I'm going to share today sets you on track to uh, to getting out of this yucky situation that you might find yourself in and help you to parent in a way that you feel really confident about and proud of. Okay, and let, you know, let's get real for a moment. Like every parent gets triggered and loses their cool with their kids. And that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about my own experience with it. 
And we often feel very alone with this. We often feel like we're the only ones who are struggling. Nobody posts on Instagram about how many times a day they've just lost it with their child. They, uh, they post about those good moments, the positive moments, and the rest of it gets hidden underneath the surface. And that can make us feel like we're the only one who's struggling. Okay, and I know, I know from all the parents I work with, all the parents I speak with, all the parents in my network that you know we're all struggling with this to varying degrees. You know, some parents don't completely lose their cool, but they might get quite frustrated with their kids. Some parents really struggle with totally losing it, um, and there's lots of reasons for that um, about why we respond differently at different times. So let's talk first of all about why. Why do we lose our temper with our kids? So for me, the question really is why do we not lose our temper more with our kids? Because parenting is such hard work and, you know, you might spend a lot of time or spend all day with these little emotional beings, these little people, and you're working so hard to meet all of their needs. You're trying to meet their physical needs, their social needs, their mental, their emotional needs of these very little immature, emotionally immature people. And, you know, we are often spending hours on our own with them or else maybe we're coming home from work after doing a whole lot of other things and we're exhausted and then we have to parent as well. And we often have very little adult company or adult support to help us in this or very little guidance from the older generation or from other people in our peer group. And then on top of that, we've got all of life's worries. We have worries about job security, about housing, um, about you know life events that might be stressful, it might be moving house or losing a loved one or ill health. Um, and you know, I just like to acknowledge that we're all in a very different place with that. And that some people are really struggling to get their very basic needs met. And you know, if that's you, you might be in survival mode at that point. If you're not getting your basic needs met and there's a lot of stressors in your life and you might just be trying to get through each week, week by week, day by day, hour by hour, you're very much in survival parenting. You're in the trenches of parenting. Um, and that's a really, really difficult place to be. So I really just want to acknowledge that. So we've got a lot going on as parents and nowhere near enough support. So we are really very much set up to struggle and set up to be overwhelmed and frustrated by parenting. So it's not a bit of wonder that we lose our temper with our kids very often. And there's this lovely little graphic uh, that I came across from the mum brain psychologist on Instagram. And I think she asked her audience about what their unmet needs were. And she was talking about why we get angry with our kids. And a huge part of that is our unmet needs. So what her audience fed back to her, and I think it really resonated with me, was, you know, we have so many unmet needs as parents. And that's different for for all of us. But, you know, as humans, we have needs. And if those needs aren't met, then we don't feel very human. So a lot of us need we might need rest. We, we definitely need downtime. We need rest. We need time to do the things that we love doing. And, you know, that's different for everybody that might be exercising or moving our bodies, getting outdoors. It could be doing hobbies or creative things that we really enjoy. It could be our work. It could be that intellectual stimulation that we need and that really um, lights us up. We might need a lot of mental stimulation. It might be, you know, we have a need to feel to have intimacy in our lives and to have close relationships um, with people that really see us and hear us and appreciate us. We often need a sense of purpose in our lives, that we're making a difference, that people are noticing us and that we are helping and being of service to others. So um, and another really big need is the need for social interaction. You know, we saw that with the whole COVID thing, that what a strong drive humans have for, to, to be in social 
uh, and to be in community and to be in social interaction with each other. And that was a big one for me. I absolutely love social interaction. I love spending time with friends and having a real giggle and a laugh. And that really helps to recharge me. So I invite you to think about like, what are your, what needs are alive for you in this moment? What do you really need? What, what makes you feel great? What makes you feel alive? What makes you feel happy and joyful? And if you can do more of that and bring that into your life, then, you know, you're going to, it's going to trickle down to your kids and how you are able to show up and to respond to your kids. And some people call this or refer to it as self-care. And this word self-care gets thrown around a lot. And I, I don't really enjoy that word because I think it sounds like it's, you know, a lot of people find it irritating and like there's this other thing that we have to do. It's, it's my responsibility. I also have to take care of myself. Um, and also it brings to mind, you know, go and have a bath and um, or get a manicure and everything will be better. But the way I like to approach self-care, it's more about looking at what our unmet needs are what is really important to us, what actually makes us feel recharged and resourced as a parent. And for one person that might be locking the door in the bathroom and lighting some candles and having a bath, but for somebody else, it might be um, going out for a run or joining the park run or arranging a phone call with a friend or meeting somebody for a cup of coffee or having a night out with friends. It really looks very different for all of us. Okay, so that part is really important. It's part of the prevention piece. It's part of keeping ourselves really well resourced as parents so that we can take care of our kids better. And that is, he calls that the upstairs brain. Um, so the downstairs brain, the bit underneath is our emotional brain. And over the top of that is our upstairs brain, which is our thinking brain. So downstairs is the emotional, upstairs is the thinking brain, our prefrontal cortex. And whenever we're feeling calm and relaxed, uh, then we can think well and our thinking brain is working. Our thinking brain and our emotional brain are working in harmony. They're working together and everything runs smoothly like a well-oiled machine. And, you know, whenever our thinking brain is working well, that's where we have our good judgment, our impulse control, our decision making. Uh, all of those things are working well whenever our thinking brain is switched on. So whenever we're feeling relaxed and our nervous system is nice and calm, and all of the brain, all of the parts of the brain work well together. So another thing that's really helpful is if you can do a tag team with somebody, with your partner or somebody else in the house. So what you do is whenever you're both feeling calm, you can talk about how you want to respond to your kids and you can talk about what you're going to, how you, how you want to approach it when you're getting triggered and what you want to do in the moment. So you can have a talk with your partner about it if that's available to you and you can have an agreement that either one of you are feeling triggered, that you have a signal and you let the other person know or the other person will probably just know anyway if they notice that you're triggered, that uh, they can come over and signal to you and you can take five minutes, you, you take a time out for yourself. So that could look like, you know, you, you noticing your partner's triggered and you could go up to them and maybe very gently have a signal, like putting a hand on their elbow or on their shoulder and just saying, you know, I've got this, I'll take it from here. Because we can get quite triggered when our partner is losing it with our kids ourselves. And if you've discussed this in advance and you can agree that, you know, um, when we do this signal, there's no judgment. It's absolutely fine. I understand why. I understand you're getting triggered. And it's just time to take a step out for a few minutes. So that can be really helpful if you're doing that for each other. And look, sometimes you do all of these things 
and you're fighting against a really powerful system of flipping your lid, this physiological system where your emotional brain takes over. And when you flip your lid, sometimes despite your best efforts, you get to that point where you totally lose it. And when that does happen, you know, once you recover from that, we, you know, we so often tend to be really, really hard on ourselves over it. We tend to berate ourselves. We tend to fall into this kind of like a pit of shame, of guilt. And, you know, we beat ourselves up about it. So I think that the next thing to do is to be really, really kind to yourself, to acknowledge that you're doing your very best, that it's not going to help anybody by you being really harsh to yourself. You can think about what you would say to a friend who came to you and said, oh, I feel so bad. I totally lost it with my kids. You would give them so many words of encouragement. You'd remind them what a good parent they are. And, you know, you'd ask them what kind of help they needed. You wouldn't tell them off. You wouldn't be harsh with them and tell them they were a really bad parent. So you can offer that same kindness to yourself. So if you can remember to do so, once you've calmed down and you notice that critical voice coming in with the guilt and the shame coming in, uh, when you notice that, it's about bringing in that compassion towards yourself and forgiving yourself for doing that and for being understanding of yourself about what's going on. It's a physiological process and you're going to put the work in to try and stop it happening so often. But in the meantime, you're going to be kind to yourself in this moment. And that's a huge thing. And, you know, you can retrain your brain to be kind to yourself instead of being critical to yourself. And you can keep reminding yourself when you catch yourself being harsh, just to switch that narrative around and to forgive yourself and be kind because you're not doing yourself any favours of being super harsh. It's a horrible feeling. And then finally, the last thing that you can do is to apologise to your kids to do the repair. You don't have to leave it there. The ending doesn't have to be uh, losing it with your kids. And even you can revisit it, even if it's a day or a week or a month later, you can come back in and apologise to your kids whenever you do get to that point. And I think it's important not to apologise until you're feeling completely calm, even if that takes some time before you can come back in and do the repair job. And you can go back to them when you're feeling calm and whenever you've been able to be kind to yourself and think kindly of your kids again and think well of yourself again, you can go back in and you can say to them, look, I'm really sorry. I lost my temper with you and this was about me. I had some big feelings come up and it wasn't your fault. And I didn't want to take them out of you and I'm I didn't want to take them out on you and I'm really, really sorry. And I, I say to my kids as well, look, I'm working hard to learn how to be calmer and learn how not to get to that point where I'm losing my cool with you. I'm really doing my best on that front and it takes time and I'm really sorry that it didn't work out this time. And then you move on and usually kids are so forgiving and as well, you're modeling, you're modeling forgiveness and uh, you're, model, you're modeling apologizing. And, you know, that's really important. That's what it is to be human. So you're teaching them how it is to be human, how it is to be a messy human and that when you mess up, you can do a repair job. You can do a really good repair job and move on from it. So the repair is a massive part of it. And, you know, I often think, how would that have been if if our own parents had apologized to us in that way? It's a very powerful message and it really helps to repair and to build back some of that trust um, that our children have in us whenever we do lose our temper. So those are my tips about what to do in the moment when you're about to flip your lid. And it's important to remember the, the sooner you notice and the sooner you're able to take action to care for yourself, the better, the, the earlier you intervene. Uh, because once you're on that cliff edge, it's really, really hard to pull yourself back. So the earlier you can get in there, the better. And sometimes there is no going back. Sometimes you can't get in there early and you flip. And 
whenever that happens, you forgive yourself, you, you repair, you do the work to make it right, and you keep working on reducing the number of times that it's going to happen again. And it's important to remember that if we're on that cliff edge all the time, that is our body signaling to us that something isn't working, something is out of balance here. Your body is telling you, I have reached my limit, I need more support, I need more rest. And if we can listen to that message and do something about it, which I know can be super hard because that's about putting ourselves first and taking care of our own needs and making that time and finding that support. So that's not easy at all. But when we do do that work and when we do make time for ourselves and find the support systems that we need, then we're going to show up better and, with, and, and show up and more resourced for our kids. So everybody benefits. It's never selfish to take care of ourselves. And then the third part of that is really looking at the emotional triggers and really looking at how we can unravel those emotional triggers so that we don't keep getting to that point so frequently. So those three things together, the in the moment strategies, resourcing ourselves and healing our triggers, that's how you overcome the shouting. And it isn't easy. There's no quick fix. If someone tells you there's a quick fix, there isn't. It's not true. But there is hope you can start moving in that direction right away by implementing some of these strategies. You can really start to make a huge difference in your parenting. So I'd love to just thank you for listening. And I am sending you all a lot of love and compassion for the hard work it is to be a parent in this day and age. And I know you all love your kids and I know you're all doing your very best. And I hope this has been helpful. Thank you. Would you like to get your kids listening so you don't have to shout and instead you can start enjoying being a parent? Then pop along to my website, pamtheparentcoach.com or follow the link in the show notes to get signed up to my next virtual Peaceful Parenting Masterclass. See you next time. Thank you.